ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi here with something you may not know. This dream of going right now. To me, going right now. We're a little over halfway through the college basketball season, but it's never too early to start thinking about that bracket come March. That's why Brolove Cass is here on the campus of St. Joe's University at Hagen Arena with the man, the myth, the bracketologist, Joe Lenardi, to get his hot takes on the matter. Joe, thanks for joining the cast for the second time. Appreciate it. How are you doing today? How many two-time guests have you had? We were thinking of, I'm thinking of, we had one, Michael KB from, what's he with now, Ian? Like CBS, CBS Sports. CBS Sports. He's like a Sixers guy. I just want to be different from the other. I know. It, you know. We were talking about the other day. I didn't think of KB the other day because I was like, Joe is our repeat. But you know what makes you different? You were our very first special guest on this show. I did not know that. Well, congratulations to the show for being back. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. It's a competitive landscape. I get it. Yeah. Saturated market. And you know, now, I miss a team. I go straight to the bottom of the standing. There you go. <laughs> yep. Now we have t-shirts. We're showing you, everyone, we're super credible. If you don't have t-shirts in your podcast, then what the hell are you doing, right? Well, I mean, it's not generally a visual medium, but I can see the branding <laughs> element going on here. They imagine it. They can see it in their minds. Yeah, and we're going to get some uh, e-roll later in the later like in the cast, and maybe some like of the that. folks on social media will get a... Sneak peek behind the curtain at those great shirts. Yeah, that's lucky right. them. Lucky them. <laughs> so, so you updated all your bracketology information today as of January 21, right? It's a crazy, crazy season right now, Joe, especially from the perspective of our number one top-ranked teams in the country. So before we get into the weeds of it, give me your takes on how you think this season's going so far because we're a little bit over, again, halfway. And we've already had, what, seven number one teams so that means, let me do a quick math. We still have 346 to go <laughs> out of the total of Division One. Um, Eric, I'm pretty sure alma mater, our alma mater, the Hawks are not going to be number one this year. This year. This year. But, you know, man can dream. And when you look at uh, the national landscape, I think it's almost inevitable what we're seeing because the the – varying number of teams in that top spot I think is not about teams as much as it is there aren't a lot of dominant players and you 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 think about just what a couple years ago when Villanova won its second title in three years they had four NBA draft picks and the Wooden Award winner Mm -hmm. in Jalen Brunson not four draft picks, including the Wooden Award winner, four plus. Like, that's how good they were. So when people say, oh, there haven't been any elite teams recently, they don't have very good memory. Right. Like, last year, Virginia was as elite at preventing opponents from scoring as any team in the modern era. Mm-hmm. Two of the most analytically dominant champions that we've seen, you know, since the tournament expanded to 64 teams back in 1985. Heck, it was, what, 2015 or 2014 when Kentucky was 38-0 and going to the Final Four? I mean, 
there's not a team in the country that looks like any of those three teams historically that I've mentioned. There isn't a team that has four NBA draft picks and the Wooden mm-hmm. Award winner. There isn't a team that's historic defensively. And there's certainly no team with an Anthony Davis. Right. So, and, and that that's not a knock on the current. It's just cyclical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, the state of affairs. So we're getting... You know, a lot of teams knocked off, and and I think that makes it makes for a lot of late nights for people like me who <laughs> yeah. have to rank and re-rank, <laughs> and makes for a lot of fun nights for people who just like college basketball. Right. Sure. That's exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, do you think that you said cyclical has something changed in recruiting? I, I don't it's think just so. like there's a more of a balanced playing field from. You know the top five teams of every conference. There might be more parity at the mid-major level. I think there might be. I mean, look, what what allows the the non-one-and-done teams? Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's brand Duke and Kentucky as the primary sure. practitioners of that art. Okay, <laughs> what would allow, um, you know, a Dayton this year, or a San Diego State I was bring that this up. year? to challenge for the Final Four and maybe beyond is they're older mm-hmm. for the yes. most part. Now, Obi Toppin, Dayton Star, is a sophomore, but he's an older guy mm-hmm. for his class. He had a prep year, a redshirt year, so he's, you know, 21, 22. Uh, like, there are guys playing in the NBA who are younger than he is. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I just think it's cyclical. I, I, I don't think the sport is in tatters. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in fact, I suspect that, you know, the, the, the kind of rain of upsets that we're seeing, if it continues through the March and the conference tournaments and the tourna- and the NCAA tournament, there's every reason to believe that it will. Yeah. Um, I don't think that hurts ratings, at least in the early rounds. Now, the CBS execs will tell you that at the very end of the tournament, they like IBM. They, they want the big brands. Mm-hmm. You know, j- 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 just like the NFL wants, you know, the Patriots and the, you know, the Packers and the Cowboys and the, st- you know, the the marquee mm-hmm. franchises for, to, to draw in the casual fan. Excuse me. And, and, and I just, uh, you know, I don't know that a Final Four that had Dayton and San Diego State would do as would well as a Final is. Four. With a Duke or a Kentucky for the casual fan, yeah. but I know we would all watch. Sure. So I guess my answer is, I don't care about the casual fan. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to be entertained absolutely. by basketball. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this is cyclical, probably, but it's hard not to notice that some guys are going overseas to play now mm-hmm. professionally before they enter the NBA, like Lamelo Ball and one of the other top ten prospects of the NBA draft for next year. So do you think that that will have anything to do with increasing the odds of a year like this where there's less stars? and? It's a fair question. Uh, my gut would be to say no, though. Right? There are, you know, let, let's say the average Division One team plays an eight-man rotation. Mm-hmm. And I only know that because Eric was the ninth man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we did at St. Joe's and we played four and a half. Like, yeah, right. We, we did a very tight bench for the Hawks. We did a couple times. We won an A10 championship with, with five guys. Four and a half. Four and a half uh, strong five players. Guys. Yes. 
So, you know, eight times three hundred fifty-four hundred. Doing a quick math, twenty-eight hundred regulars. Okay, in Division One men's basketball. Mm-hmm. So if five of them aren't here, are we really talking about? Yes. Like now, if it's Zion Williamson, right? Yeah, it's one then, then then that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But no disrespect to Lamelo Ball <laughs> or any other ball. Right. It's not yeah. Zion Williamson. <laughs> not Zion. And the fact that I can't name the other guys. Yeah. Suggests that they're not Zion Williamson either, and yeah, I'm not losing any sleep mm-hmm. over that. Okay, I guess one. I day hope if, they get a lot of stamps in their passport. For right, sure. right. One day, if the NBA takes away the one and done rule, I mean, that'll change the landscape of college basketball, probably for the casual fan. I think for us, though, I think it would just yield more parity. I think it would be equally as entertaining. I think there'd be guys obviously staying longer. You're going to have teams with. Juniors and seniors starting, yeah. and I think that's it's easier to grow to love a team when right you have when, continuity. I mean, I no, think, I I think the quality of play would be better. The quality of play would be better still, right? Like when when we talk about a a Villanova from mm-hmm. two years ago uh, being elite, we're talking about elite relative to the competition, right? Good point. Like yeah. like. Villanova or Virginia from the last couple of years would have been run out of the gym by the John Wooden teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? you think so? Oh, I, there's no doubt in my mind. That's that's interesting. There's no doubt in my mind. Because that Be- because team, they were they were great. They were for real. They were great. But, but, like, we're... Well, let's back up a second. Let's assume that the John Wooden teams... Grew up in the three-point shot clock era. Yeah, no, practice you're right, you're scattered right. and coached to that. Yeah, like, is there any player in college basketball in your lifetime who's as good a college basketball player as Lou Alcindor no. or Bill Walton? Right. Like, how many sky hooks and dunks? First of all, they had to outlaw the dunk for Alcindor. Mm-hmm. How many more? Wide open twos would he have gotten had they had to guard the perimeter? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Like, like you don't think that Gail Goodrich would have figured out how to make a three point shot at at shorter than the pro distance? I, I have yeah, to you think, think John Wooden would have been able to figure out how to coach I in that pretty era. Pretty good. I feel right, like he so, would have been able to. And and so take it a step further. Like, like y- you know, there was a college basketball team that lost in the Sweet 16, whose starters included James Worthy, Sam Perkins, and Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And they all played at least three years. Yeah, it's Okay? Amazing. They're, like, those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? No disrespect to Dante DiVincenzo, Amari Spellman, uh, Mikhail Bridges... And whom I Jalen and Jalen, yeah. And and there's a there's yeah, a miss booth, booth. Right. Yeah. Booth. Like they're terrific college players. They're not Michael yeah, Jordan James. They're not yeah, going to the Hall them. of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Maybe their mom thinks they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Nova would say that they are. No, but no they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. I, I, I know. I, I, I gotta give a little you know, jab and when then, can, Joe. Like Leitner, like <laughs> Hurley, Hill, the other Hill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like those guys, you know, Christian Leitner went to four mm-hmm. Final Fours. Yeah. Never going to happen 
Because nobody that good's going to stay that yeah. long. No, it's not. Yeah. So <laughs> if the one and done rule disappears, that might start happening again. Well, so maybe and we'll have two and done. Yeah. You know, I think, like, who are the best players that played two years in my lifetime? Magic, Isaiah Thomas, and I'm drawing a blank. I didn't uh, even say ma- Shane Battier. He was a senior, dude. Oh, that's right. He played all four year guy. Right. The best recent four-year guy was probably, I want to say. Adam Morrison. Doug McDermott. And yeah. he was great. He, he was You amazing. know, wooden award, four-year guy. Yeah, J.J. Reddick was a four-year guy, right? Yeah, but he didn't win his year because there was some guy in his class Oh, I can't remember his name. Jameer somebody. Jeez, <laughs> uh, why can't I remember? That's good. That's, That's a good, good year. Nelson Actually, player. I think he came the year after with that. Yeah. So, Joe, let's talk about teams that do have that experience, like a Dayton or a San Diego. To get into the weeds of what you have on your bracket so far, I was looking at your, your different regions. Let's go to San Diego State because you're saying this is a pretty cool situation that we're having right now where you have two West teams in Gonzaga and San Diego State that could be potential number ones, and the Aztecs could be that first team really ever, is that what you're saying, that could be a number one in the East? A West Coast team. Yes, a West Coast. I I just, look, I've been doing this a little while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't just, you know, kind of build the bracket on Selection Sunday. Sure. There are probably 20 or 25 of them that occur, you know, from the end of the previous Final Four all the way through, uh, all of which will be done with the full evaluation process that the committee uses. I don't ever remember the one seed in the East being a Western team. Hmm. Because think about it. Think about it. When is there not some kind of Eastern or close to Eastern team yeah. It's going to claim that spot. We got the ACC. We got the Big East. Sometimes there's two Big Ten teams and one will come over. You know, yeah. one time I think it was Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time it was St. Joe's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another time it was UMass with Marcus Camby. Yeah. Um, Any ACC team. Right. The yeah. Patrick Ewing teams. Villanova's been a one seed. Yeah. Virginia. And, you know, we'll see East go West yeah. all the time because there aren't so as many schools. Yeah. So the odds of them having that team is, it's just math. It's, mm-hmm. there's, there's fewer options. But for, for, for this right now, if this were to happen, like I don't know what's crazier, that there's two teams from the West that are one seeds and that one of them's in the East, or that neither of them is from the Pac-12. That's a good point. Right, like that's the power conference allegedly in the West. Allegedly, <laughs> that, that's like we are, and even if it only lasts a week in one projection, we are in some rarefied uh, air. Well, that's right what now. I mean when I'm saying that. like these non-power five conferences are really and I love changing it. the Yeah, it's awesome. It makes I mean, for fun. It makes right. for fun come party time. Look, if if Duke deserved to be in that spot based on their resume today, I'd put him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so would the committee. But they don't, so we didn't. Yeah, and if you don't like it, wait a week. It'll probably change. So it may not change San Diego State though, because I don't know that they're going to lose. They might not lose. Right. The rest of their schedule. So then the issue is: Does Gonzaga lose? Right, because in their league, they could lose at BYU, Mm -hmm. although they just beat them by crush twenty nine or something. Mm -hmm. But if the Aztecs win out, you say they're a hard number one. Hard number one. So then where I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Because they would have won out 
It's not like they're going undefeated in the, you know, Patriot. Mountain West is good, man. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it, it's been down of late, but I mean, yeah. like, they try at UNLV. Mm-hmm. They try at New Mexico. Mexico's Utah good. State was a preseason top 20 yep. team. They, you know, Nevada was a, what, mm-hmm. two or three seed a, a couple of years ago. Yep. So, and they will have also won, you know, all of their league road games. And that doesn't happen really at any level. Yeah. Think of those but maybe too. once every four or oh. five years. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. So, so I'm rooting for him because it would be a great story. Oh, totally. I always, yeah. And it would be, you know, it would be. be fun. It would just be, like, I like different. Mm-hmm. This is a different year. I mean, looking at your rankings right now, you have Baylor in the south, San Diego State in the east, the Zags in the west, and Kansas in the midwest. Now, out of those, like, you know, moving from the number ones, mm-hmm. what's a team you really got your eye on and that maybe, like, two to eight range, you know, that could maybe not be a huge Cinderella, but mm-hmm. a solid team heading into the tournament yeah, that you could have people looking out for. Well, let's look at, you know, let's kind of go through the major conferences and see what teams that are kind of bubbling just under the surface, right? That's okay. what you're asking. Because generally speaking, you know, a Final Four will be a couple of one seeds mm-hmm. and a couple of kind of hard chargers. Yep. Typically, typically... Teams that have really been tested in deep conferences that have maybe, you know, maybe they had an injury, maybe they struggled on the road early, maybe they came together late, maybe they had a transfer, whatever. Uh, So, uh, an ACC team that could be Final Four that nobody's talking about. Florida State, terrific, terrific defensively and, you know, like, Eric said they're they're hard to score against. Seton Hall yeah. uh, went to the Final Four in 1989, probably before you guys were born. Yeah, and a couple uh, '90s guys. Here. I was starting to like you. <laughs> uh, lost in overtime on a, on a foul, uh, a one on one. Who was late. their best player there? Was Hurley on that team? Was it Hurley? No, it was before Danny. Okay, all right. Uh, you got them as a three right now. Right, Miles Powell's a star, and he's healthy again. Who uh, is Seton Hall knows that they had Andrew Gaze, John Morton, and a big lanky center. PJ Carlesma was okay. was the coach. So Seton oh. Hall out of the Big East, Florida State, SEC. Here you go. I'm stick. I still think it's the best roster I've seen in person this year. Not the best team, the roster with the best upside, and that was Florida. Really? They have a great big man, the Virginia Tech transfer in Curry yeah. Blackshear. Yep. Uh, they can, they they just. I don't know. We saw them in Charleston. Mm-hmm. St. Joe's played them in. Char- I mean, five point game. Yeah. Uh, starting to put it together and have a couple chances this week. They're at LSU uh, tomorrow night, I believe. The current leader of the SEC, and then they host Baylor on Saturday in a Big Twelve SEC. Yeah. Challenge. Not many non-conference games left, so this would be a an opportunity for them to kind of reemerge mm-hmm. on the on the national scene. Big Twelve. Uh, well, you got Kansas and Bell at the top. Everybody knows about West Virginia. I don't think anybody else there really. Big Ten, half of the league. Iowa. One of the Iowa. Twelve teams, you think? No, they're not going to get that. Okay, in, but Luke Garza, and they can really score. Pac-12. 
uh, Sleeper Colorado, hmm. and you. then and then of course in the in the next level league, San Diego Dayton, and and I'm not ruling out. Um, even though they've lost a couple in their league, St. Mary's they've got some great. They, they, they've got some. Ter- they don't have a lot of size. I think it was cross. I was hoping you were going to say the Delaware Blue Hens. This was your year to be a little Cinderella. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that, and then I woke up. But they are having. <laughs> they're having a good. They're having a terrific year. <laughs> they're missing Ryan Daly right now. That's man. exactly. Ryan Daly's doing a great job. I mean, Same he's true. thriving and they're thriving. So yeah, that is good. Things. Have a way of working out. So I, I took my mom to the Villanova Wildcats game at Wells Fargo against Georgetown and Patrick Ewing and Sadiq Bay. What was the first prize? There's your Villanova jab. Did I not say like 50 really great things? You did. You did. I was like, come on, man. I'm wearing my crimson sweater. You are. My great turtleneck. Bay had a big game. I think he had 33 points. 29 of which were in the first half. Yeah, the Georgetown game, he lit him up. Yeah, he did, and, and they got the win that that day. So do you think the Villanova Wildcats have a decent shot of getting a pretty high seed, or what's their ceiling? They're four now. I, I, I think they're going to be in that four to six range. I, I I don't see them going higher than that. I think if, if, if you plug their staff into a lie detector, they would say this is the year before the year okay. mm-hmm. to really make a sure. – because they'll pretty much have everyone yeah. back, and and we've seen what happens in terms of player development in that program. They all get better as groups, and and they always have, you know, tough older guys in tight games, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you need in the tournament unless you have lottery picks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they could win a couple games in the tournament, but I don't expect this to be. Like, I realize we're only every other year playing with them, 16, 18, 20. Um, and they might have to wait another year. I hope they don't get too greedy. Okay, and while we're local, the Temple Owls are 10-7 and seven in Aaron McKee's first year as head coach. Any chance they can make it into the tournament this year? Uh, they've had a bumpy ride the last two or three weeks in league play, so I would be leaning against that. Uh, two and three in the league. It's a good league, but not the kind of league where you're going to get in mm-hmm. at 500 or below. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't think I don't think you should get in anywhere under 500. But that's another topic for another day. Uh, no, I think Temple is also a year away from making that push. They, they, they probably overachieved a bit in the non-conference, and I, I I think people underestimate how hard it is to win at. Wichita or Houston or SMU or UConn or Cincinnati. They, you know, in our league, the Atlantic 10, you know, Dayton, VCU, Bonaventure a lot mm-hmm. of time, very Rhode Island, really hard places to win. There are more of them, mm-hmm. I think, in the yeah. yard. Yeah. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's rewind because you're the guy who invented bracketology, right? That's what they keep telling me. So that's what it says in the dictionary. I am, I am super interested in how the heck that happened from beginning to end. So you went to St. Joe's. What did you major in in college? I majored in public administration. In public administration. I'm supposed to be working for the government, right? And let's just be <laughs> thankful that didn't happen. Yeah, doing something a little bit different. Because if it were me, like the cabinet <laughs> departments, they would be seated in a bracket. <laughs> like you know, like interior oh, would be the twelve that beats yeah. the five. No, I don't know. 
Um, so then, so from college, then like, how did you find your way? Like, what pertinent things happened in your career that led to you mm-hmm. coming up with this idea of what's now called bracketology? I, I, I was a sports writer. I, I, I wanted to be a print reporter. Remember back when people read newspapers mm-hmm. all the time? Vaguely. Um, and, and I worked. I was a, a, a college basketball beat reporter and local columnist for, God bless us, the Delaware County Daily Times. Yeah. Absolutely. Right there in your okay, backyard. Know it. Know it. And I uh, uh, had an opportunity to cover some incredible teams locally. I covered... Uh, Villanova in 85 when they won. Huh? I covered Temple in 88 when they were number one. I covered Lionel Simmons and LaSalle. Um, you know, some great St. Joe's teams that had Delco connections. Rodney mm-hmm. Blake, who started Bonner. Yeah. Rap Curry from Penwood. Uh, and, and right on da- down. And, Coach, you know, Jim Boyle was a Delco guy. Phil Martelli is a Delco guy. <laughs> a lot yeah. of Delco guys out there. Right, right. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, you could, like, from where we're sitting here at Hagen Arena, like, Delaware County is like a par five mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Right? Well, Montgomery County is only a par three. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> so, so, so those kinds of basketball experiences, mm-hmm. I think. But you were covering other sports also? I was covering okay. other sports, but, you know, I always had an eye on. Who's your favorite sport to of watch course, and to cover? Of course, basketball. and then I got involved in a national publication called the Blue Ribbon Yearbook, which at the time, pre-internet, mm-hmm. was the Bible. Yeah, uh, you can Google it. You can still buy it, but you, you have to dig a little deeper uh, now that most of that same kind of in-depth yeah. information is available on the internet. Uh, and that that got me a little bit of a link up with some people at ESPN because they were customers of the book. They didn't have a big research department. And, you know, one, lo and behold, ESPN.com was born, started doing some work for them, had this little hobby of predicting the bracket. They started running the projections. Around what year was that? Online, like 95, the first brackets went up online. And then 02, somebody had the colossally bad idea to put me on TV for the first time <laughs> on a new channel called ESPN News, uh, right? Like, they, they only had, like, three or four yeah. channels at that time. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, like, now you go and check out Brackets Online, and there's a Vegas spread for everything. Right. So it's like everyone has a general idea of who's going to win or lose. The question is, are they going to cover or not? Like, I feel like you were doing it before that, where it was... Yeah. Well, and I... I how about we break some news right here on the Bro Love? Ian's sitting up. Ian's sitting up. Okay. <laughs> Instagram Live. Not <laughs> spoken in public until this moment. This week, this week, Bracketology goes to another level. It gets its own show. Ooh, the Bracketology yeah. show on ESPN+. Plus. I'm told that people watch these streaming things. Yeah, I have I don't it. I had to do it. I have it. But you know, it it, it I, that's awesome. Thursday, I'm going up to Connecticut and taping the first of eight episodes. Eight. That's awesome. okay. Was like weekly. Or eight is work? enough. And you just talk about what happened last. We're, we're going to build brackets right on TV and teach people how to. Hell do yeah, it. that's so. We're cool. tuning in that's Thursday cool. night. Did you hear that, listener? 
Breaking news. Breaking, breaking news. news. It <laughs> <laughs> might be the That's first awesome. time we've I haven't even news. said that That's on a St. Joseph Sports Network broadcast. There you go. Well, thanks for sharing it here, and congratulations on the show. That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's Seriously. Really I'm pretty jacked. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Man. But, and I'm mindful, you guys are team, but you know PTI? Yeah. Of course. So when Kornheiser and Wilbon got that show, they were just print guys. Right? Yeah. Like, like this was, that was long before print guys were multi-platform sure. people. And I remember the commercial, you know, PTI, Wilbon, Tony, and Kornheiser went, somebody's going to get fired over this. <laughs> Coming up with this idea. Well, apparently not. Apparently not. My show, somebody's going to get fired over this. <laughs> Hopefully not until after the eight episodes. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. Do you have a set schedule yet for it? Or is it? Uh, or is I, I know the taping schedule. I don't know okay. when they'll be posted. Okay. okay. All right. All right. We'll but the, you know, they'll, they'll have a shelf life of you know mm-hmm. through be Thursdays shelf life through the weekend. We'll kind of preview the weekend from a bracketology perspective. Give a snapshot of the top yeah. seeds at any given time. You know, there's now in the middle of February. The committee goes on TV and releases the top. 16 at each moment in time they're probably going to start doing that more frequently yeah and frankly uh, in january and february this sounds completely arrogant i think we're better at it yeah because we're studying it more early yeah we want to so you know, I, I i have a you know i have a seven or eight followers yeah 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 so only half of whom are relatives so you know <laughs> feel pretty yeah, no, you're right. you can't obviously get into all of your secrets into how you know what the bracket's going to be, who's going to win. Or can you? But, <laughs> but I could teach you. I was going to say, is the type of thing that's just like a formula that you came up with that you follow, or is it just a lot of hard work and you are just following college basketball 365 days a year, 24 hours a day? I don't know if it's 365 days a year, but it's certainly 125. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 150, basically a five month, six if you want to count November, or I mean October in the run up, you know, mid October to mid April after the final four. So half the year, 175 days, let's say. Uh, and about 125 of those, it's, you know, at least 16 to eight hours, 16 to 18 hours of paying attention. From the first game of the season, this year, November 5th, until. Selection Sunday about 5.30 p.m. Uh, Every result is logged in a database. And all of the metrics that are used by the committee are plugged into that database. And they are weighted uh, in a a formula derived by me and changed based on you know, what I think the committee's going to think is important in a given year, and it does change and evolve, because mm-hmm. the committee's kind of like Congress. About a third of it rotates off every year, and you get new people with new emphases. Um, and you don't really know the emphases until after their work is done, hmm. and you step back and study, and then you try and apply that discipline to the next year's formula. And then, you know, you'll get to the last two teams, and I'll have an index, and let's say one of them is, you know, 67.649. And the next one is 68.017, mm-hmm. right? Well, they could easily choose. Like last year, the team I missed, um, 
they, they put Belmont in. I had him out. Belmont was 69th yes. on my board. Yeah. And I would have voted really? for them <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a non-power guy. I just didn't Brand. think they would. Hmm. Well, and again, my job isn't to do what I think they should do. My job is to do what they're going to do. Because yeah. everyone else on TV is saying, from Jay Billis down to, you know, Matt Martucci, my partner here at St. Joe's, they have an opinion on where so-and-so should be placed. Yeah. Well, that's not my job. No, you're like, I have those opinions, maybe stronger than most, mm-hmm. because of the knowledge base mm-hmm. um, and the insanity that requires having a 1-68 to seed list every night before you go to bed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right? And let me tell you guys, that is a babe magnet. <laughs> okay? If, if you're ever, you know, trying to think about what works, that's not it. Uh, but but when, when, when you, you know, at the end of the day, I am graded on replication of the committee. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and take that very seriously. And you have to check your biases at the door in order to do that well. It can't be easy. Right? Oh, no, of course not, because I have favorites. Yeah. Whether they're coaches or players or schools. And we say, oh, you know, when, like in the years when St. Joe's good, he's going to he's gonna homer St. Joe's. Well, A, no. If you look at the seven times that St. Joe's has made the tournament in the history of bracketology, their seed's been correct every time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, I mean, there's an... And... and and a really good way to not be the bracketologist would be to play favorites. Sure. So Especially you, when I'm the one who's supposed to be critiquing the committee. Yeah, exactly. And and I think for the most part, uh, they have viewed me as someone with only an agenda of trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. You've learned to think like them in a way. It's pretty impressive can't be easy so what would really be great is if I could get them to think like me (laughs) you know but then as as a parent you know I I can tell you that you can try that for 26 years and and (laughs) try just keep trying try yep that's fine Uh, well well Joe that's that's what we do you guys have any other questions for Joe super super random question because I have gotten into (laughs) this debate with I want to hear who each of your squads is sure that you're pulling I know you who I think is going to win no I want like who like when you if somebody's playing it, you stop what you're doing. Make sure you're watching. Oh yeah, I like I, the one team that I like is St. Joe's basketball for real. But yeah. other than that, like I went, I jump on their bandwagon when they're doing well. But the Ravens, like I always loved them when I was a kid. So I went up to to their game when they lost to the Titans. We're talking college basketball. Yeah, here, college right? hoops. I know. <laughs> just jump your shark here. Yeah. Oh, I thought you just. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you just met like any team. E-roll. E-roll. E-roll, man. I'm glad you like. Um, and so did uh, <laughs> what's the name? Um, Darius Quarles was a big guy. He was. Ravens guy. All right. Darius Quarles. Yeah, my dad's kidding. Bill Nova alma mater. My sister was a cheerleader there. I went to Delaware, but Nova's a team that I... UD. Yeah. UD. Right. Yeah, so Villanova's a team that I stopped okay. to watch. I'm a Philly mutt. My dad went to St. Joe's. My grandpa did. My mom went to Nova and a bunch of her siblings, but I went to Temple. So I'm a big All right, you got three out of five. Yep. Yeah. All right, good for you. So I root for all of them unless they're playing each other, and then I have to make some tough choices. And then you root for St. Joe's. And you were St. Joe's. Sometimes. Well, okay. there's a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So, so random. 2001 Duke or the Villanova team that won a couple years ago. Who wins head-to-head? Wow. Who, actually, not even who wins head-to-head. 
who would be ranked higher on an all-time like the all-time your bracket, and how high would both of them be on the all-time? So we're talking like Brand Battier. No, no, that's it's like Jay Williams, Dunleavy, Chris Duhon's freshman. Brand was gone. We've already Brand was gone. Yeah, he could have stayed. I think he was a three and done. Yeah, he went on the team. Like Nate James was on the team. Chris Duhon was young. Nick Horvath. Why do I know all these guys? Wow, that's. I mean, the Jay two national players Brunson. of the year. I'm yeah. very friendly with Jay Will. I might have to go next part. You're Novay now. <laughs> what? That's what I. What? This yeah, family Jay, Jay Will is not going to be friendly with you after this, man. You think he's listening to the Come bro? On. Love. Jay Will. <laughs> I mean, he, we I know he's a big listener. Like so. of, of, <laughs> of Duke's title teams, that wouldn't be the one at the top. That wouldn't be the one. right. I love that team. So right? we, we used to team. argue as kids because he was a big Duke fan and I was a big St. Joe's fan. I don't know who went to Duke, so that's who would win yeah. that same Duke team or the St. Joe's Hawk team with Jameer Nelson and Delonte West in 2004? Well, those Hawks didn't, you know, have a lot of scoring inside. Mm-hmm. Again, a battle of two players of the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the X factor there might have been Delonte West offensively and Tyrone Barley defensively. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I might, I might best of seven on a neutral court take my Hawks in seven. Yeah, I'm with you. Regardless, I would. Love I mean, that team was that team. really good. They were, yeah. Like that, they were the best team in the country that year. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, the best team doesn't always win the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, a healthy UConn might have been, but Okafor was hurt a lot of the year. Yeah. Gordon was hurt part of the year. You know, maybe best of seven on a neutral court, UConn wins. But uh, the Duke team that year was good, too. J.J. Redick and an experienced Chris Duhon. Yeah, I think they were just regular good. Yeah. The Hawks. That was a good year in college basketball. It was. That was one of my favorite years in college basketball. Like, we had two of the ten best players right. in the country. And the only yeah. other team that could have said that would have been UConn. Ben Gordon and Emeka. And Duke had who? J.J., Duhon, and... Sheldon Williams. Well, OK State was good, too. Because they had... They yeah, had I mean, they beat us, and, of course. Right. Uh, hey, we're getting kicked out, fellas. That's it. Right. Time to wrap. <laughs> thanks, Joe. Wrap it up. Cut. <laughs> Let's well, close this out real quick. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Joe, thanks for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. You're right. on ESPN+. Plus. Yep. Tune in. Coming up. I don't yeah. know how to promote it yet. <laughs> they haven't told me. <laughs>
Let's go.